Hey everybody, welcome back to Negro Please Radio. I'm your host Chris Allen and as usual off the top I want to take the time out to thank each and every last one of you for tuning in, downloading, streaming, however you take in your podcast, however you say it, thank you, I appreciate it. So, uh, help me out, tell a friend, enemy, co-worker, tell somebody about the podcast, go hey, you'll like this, or hey, you should hear how stupid this dude is. Either way, share it, alright, leave a comment, do something. But uh, thanks for everybody. Uh, thanks to everybody for listening. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, uh, it was uh, some weird stuff going on this week. Uh, well, I, I'll say Monday was weird. Uh, I'll just, I'll just fucking. Uh, you know what? I can't. I gotta. I have to follow my template. I'm not gonna start freestyling that that much. It just, it, I, I get too uh, out of pocket. So. I'll start with my milestone. For those who don't know, we have a 10-year-old son. His name is Miles, and I like to talk about the different things that are going on in his life. Sometimes it's big, sometimes it's small, sometimes it's nothing. And um, I, I'll say this. Miles and I had a great weekend. We had a great weekend. My wife, uh, she went to D.C. She had a fashion show she was a part of. She went with her friends. She had a good time. Um, but it was boys' weekend at the house, all right? So uh, Friday night, we just kind of hung out. We we, we uh, watched some some TV, played some games. You know, we had a, a wonderful evening. And then Saturday, I was like, we have to do something. I was like, it's just me and him. We barely get you know uh, this father son time, uh, the whole house to ourselves. Let, let's let's do something and and try to make it uh, special. And. To be honest, I'm a little hesitant because I know he doesn't really like going out and doing too many things, you know. But I have to tell myself just to be patient. He's probably going to ask a lot of questions, and it's not that he's because he's being an asshole. He just has to have information. When I keep that in mind, and I don't see it as like, why are you challenging this? Let's just have a good time. He just really honestly wants to know. Everything's fine. You know, so we um, I took him to the same park that my um, uh, therapist and I go to. And uh, there was a little concern, like, ah, what if I run into him? It might be weird. I don't know what to do. But that didn't happen. So I go, hey, man, we're going to go to the park. And he wanted to know how far is it? How long we're going to be there? What we're going to do? What's it going to look like? He's just asking all these questions. And I go, look, it's about 25 minutes. We're just going to walk around for a little bit, get some fresh air, and we'll come back home, man. Okay? We'll come back home. So we get there, and uh, he's a little, he's a, he seems to be a little weary, hesitant, you know. He was, he was stepped out, of, he was out of his comfort zone. So, you know, a little bit of complaining at first. And I'm, I'm just learning to just kind of ignore it and just go, hey, man, it'll be fine. It's just like we're just going to go for a walk. Just let him say what he has to say. Let him express himself. I don't need to react to it. I don't need to say anything to it. Just just let him get it out. And we went on a, on a nice walk. And guess what, everybody? <laughs> My man had one of the best times of his life just walking around the park. You know, he had a scooter, so he's uh, he's up ahead of me. He's going around people. He's jumping. He's having a good time. And he's really realizing how beautiful the actual world is. Because he loves Minecraft. He loves building. He loves worlds and stuff like that. But the motherfucker don't like going anywhere. <laughs> he don't like doing nothing. 
And he was just like, man, this is like Minecraft, but in real life. I'm like, yeah, man, this this is this is what, uh, you know, this is it. He goes, man, what if everybody, you know, came outside? And I was like, yeah, that's the whole thing. That's what they try to do. They try to get people to get outside, to get off the computer, to get off the phone, to get off the TV and get outside and see some things. And uh, he had a really, really good time. He asked a lot of questions about nature. Um He's always, uh, he has a thing for lines like I do. Not cocaine, you assholes. But just like, he, he even as a small, small child, he would see letters and stuff and, and shapes and lines and stuff. Like in the, And say you're walking down the sidewalk and you see a few cracks in the side, in the, on, the, on the ground. He would look at those cracks and go, oh, there's a V, there's an E, there's a, there's a W, there's a, here's a Y. You know, he's he's always done that. I mean, even when he was two, he would do this. I mean, it just he's always had looked at things from multiple angles. And uh, so we did that. We kind of played this alphabet game. We go, okay, let's see if we can find all the shapes of the alphabet in nature. So that just got us to looking around and talking and stuff and, and really examining things. Um, so, yeah, we, we had a great time. He, he came to the conclusion that there are a lot of whys in nature. You know, I told him that was kind of ironic because people are, we are always asking why. Um, but on the way back, uh, there's part of the trail where it kind of, um, uh, there's kind of like a little walkway down to the water. It's not really a, a real walkway, but you, you've been on these, you've been on park trails before where like enough people have gone off the trail and down to the bank of a stream or something where it kind of creates like this uh step over time because it's just been worn down and just a series of roots kind of act like steps. So I, I, I walked down that and I, I gotta be honest, man, I thought he was going to be very, very hesitant to do that because there were some sharp rocks on the edge and you know, it, it looked a little sketchy, you know, especially if you, if you, if you're not an outdoor person, you go, I'm not climbing down this thing. I would say it was maybe maybe a three to four foot drop. And he really doesn't do outdoorsy shit, you know. So I was like, I don't know if he's going to want to jump down here, all these rocks, the roots. And, you know, he might just be weird about it. But I, I go down there and he sees me and he's and look, he did not hesitate, did not hesitate. That boy came running down that little staircase thing and to the bank of the water. And the water is pretty shallow where we were. I mean, we're talking just a few inches to maybe uh, maybe a, a foot where we were, maybe. And there's some rocks out there. And it, you can get out to the middle of this uh, the Ravana River. I think that's what it is, Ravana River. And so I see him. He's throwing rocks in and stuff. And I start going across these rocks. And, I, and I'm thinking like, okay, I'm not going to try to force him. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to come out here. And if he follows me, he follows me. And guess what? He follows me out into the river on these rocks. And uh, we're just we're throwing rocks and we're laughing and stuff. We take a selfie. I take a picture of him. And I go, hey, man. I go, turn around and look where you are. And he turns around and we're surrounded by water. I go, look, man, you're in the middle of a river. I was like, Do you think? did you think you would ever walk out into the rocks into the middle of a river? And he was like, no, I, I didn't. I go, look at that. You didn't even think about it, man. You just you just kind of did it. I was like, I'm, I'm really proud of you, man. You're really stepping out of your out of your comfort zone. And uh, on the way back, man, we did. We're still talking. We're we're having a good time, but we're laughing. And and we get back to the car, and he goes, "You know what, Dad?" He goes, "I make these things 
up in my head to be really, really, uh, I make things up in my head to be really, really bad or it's going to take a long time or, you know, I, I just make things seem like they're going to be way worse. And he goes, I had a really good time today. That was really fun. We got to bring mommy. She got, she has to see our secret spot. Cause after we went down there, he was calling that area, our secret spot. And he, he really liked it. And it just felt good to, uh, to actually be able to, uh, to feel like I'm connecting with my son, you know, and a, a lot of it is me. I, I can't take questions as challenges, you know, and if my dad is, if I'm anything like my dad or in, and vice versa, we can get, you know, we, our, our patients can run thin. Uh, and look, all parents and, and the thing, I, people, you probably thinking like, why are you fucking stammering and stutter? I don't want to say this in the wrong way at all, you know? My dad's a great guy, but there were times where there was a lack of patience. But I, I also understand, as now being an adult, it's just like you can only put up with so much shit from your kids. It's just like, all right, I've had enough of the jerking around. What do you What do you want? You know, you had a long day at work. You got stuff going on, and uh, yeah, it's just every once in a while, you just he. I would ask a lot of questions. And my dad is just like, look, let's get stuff done kind of guy. And I think that would frustrate him at times. You know, me asking all these questions, you know, just assuming I'm having an attitude about things. And, uh, yeah, I, and I know how that affected me. And, and, again, I'm not saying my dad was a bad person or a bad dad or anything like that. But there were times where there was a lack of patience because I was asking a lot of questions. And they were they were taken a certain kind of way. You know, like I was just being combative. I didn't want to just like, no, I just want information. Like, why can't I ask questions? You know, sometimes asking questions was just seen as a, a, a challenge to authority in a waste of time. Like, let's just get this done. Let's just do it. And that's not a, that's not always effective. But I also understand as a parent, there's sometimes where like I tell my I was like, look, there are going to be days where I don't we can't ask questions. We just got to get this done. But even that was, from my knowledge, and I'm pretty sure we could have had these conversations, my dad and I, but I don't remember them. You know, and it wasn't all the time. Like I said, it was just times where it was just a lack of patience. I was probably asking a ton of questions. And that, that can be annoying. You know, and that's why I said earlier, I have to really talk. I really have to talk to myself and go, hey. Do not take these these questions as challenges. Just answer the questions and move on. Okay? And I, I, I did that that day, and we had a great time. And I understand that's not always going to be the case. That's not always going to be the case. So we, we have a great time at the park. And I, honestly, man, I was looking to maybe spend maybe a half an hour out there. And we ended up being out there for an hour and a half. And I decided to push it. I go, hey man, you want to get? I know he likes noodles. I go, hey man, let's let's get some noodles, man. Let's let's get some ramen, some real ramen. And I, we we went to a pho place before, uh, and he didn't really care for the pho. And I go, you know what? Let's try the ramen. And we go to a ramen spot. He liked it. And uh, it's this place called um, uh, Iso Iso Ramen here in Charlottesville. Pretty good, actually, really good. I got the spicy ramen bowl. The broth was excellent. That shit had body. It had layers. It had a lot of flavor. I always hear people say, man, this, this broth's got layers. It's got this. I never understood that. But the, with this, it was like there were multiple flavors and depth, depth of flavor 
to this broth. Because we've all had canned Campbell's soup. It's just yeah, just salty water. Not really a lot of flavor and shit. But this was like, man, you could you could taste the love and care and uh the love that was put in put into this broth. It was it was excellent. And uh yo, I lost my mind at this place. They had a fucking robot. They had a robot waiter. And my son loved this shit. It was really, really cool. But let me say this. The way my son looked at that robot, I can guarantee you sometime in the future, people will be fighting for robot rights. I mean, it's going to happen. You, can, I could tell he was like, this thing is dope. This is this is amazing. I mean, you had to see the look on his face. He was just like he was mesmerized by this by this thing. And then we would we talked about like, oh man, that's robot's pretty cool. I go, man, somebody had to code that robot because he 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 loves coding. He loves that kind of stuff. He's into computers. And when I said somebody had to code that robot, he was just like, yo, like that is something I would definitely be into. Like he was, you could tell, like seeing that robot changed something for him. And I was like, man. If he looks at this robot like this, there's millions of kids all over the place. They're going to love these things and they're going to want these things to be treated like people. <laughs> I could, it was just so weird. When I saw it, I was just like, oh, my God, this is this is going to be a problem. <laughs> this is we're going to have robotic civil rights movies. I said robot. We're going to have civil rights robot movies. And it's gonna be it's gonna be wild. This is the first the first robot to fall in love, or, or like just some weird like this is the first all robot basketball team to win a championship. And it's just gonna it's gonna be some weird shit. It's gonna be some weird shit. I just when I just just seeing his face, I go, man, you are not gonna be able to talk shit to these things in a, in a few years. You're not gonna be able to make fun of it. You're not gonna be able to call it a bucket of bolts, a tin can, a paint can, a trash can. All that shit is gonna be considered. Uh, I don't even. I don't even know if racist is the word, but robotist. It's gonna be something. The way he looked at this thing, I was like, man, we we're we're in for it with these uh, with these robots. I mean, especially when you start to have generations of kids that grow up with them and the, and the more they evolve and the more human-like they become, you already know. One, people are going to fall in love with these fucking things. And then two, there's going to be uh, insanely uh, motivated people who are going to be fighting for the rights of rob or robots. And if you call them anything other than whatever, you're going to be seen as a bad person. <laughs> I was like, man, we in for it. Now that's it. That's that's if we don't kill ourselves before we even get there. Before we even get there. Um, but it was, I gotta say, it was really, really dope, man. It, it was it it I didn't expect to see that. But it was really, really cool. We went over there, we looked at it, you could pet it. Uh the the ear it, it looked like a kind of like a it had a LCD screen and it kind of had like a cat face and um yeah, it was just like kind of a, uh, a tubular robot, and it had shelves on the inside of it. And, um, yeah, they would put people food on it, and they would just go to the table. And whatever table it was going to, like C4, you would just see C4 on the back, and it would go, hey, your food is here. Come take your food. Thank you, robot. Thank you. Have a great day. It's pretty, it pretty cool. 
pretty pretty cool man especially growing up in the in the 80s and 90s and 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 loving sci-fi and watching all the uh arnold schwarzenegger movies all these futuristic movies and that was something they would always show like oh these robots and all and all this technology technology even like uh video phone calls and 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 before we had like uh smartphones you would see people with these devices just like on star wars and star wars and not star wars but um star trek and shit but uh yeah it's just slowly it's cool to slowly see some of this shit starting to come in come into uh to uh, our real lives, our daily lives. Like I remember, um, what movie was it? it? Was it's not True Lies? It's the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Is the Last Action Hero? No, it might be True Lies. No, Eraser. That's it, Eraser. But I could be wrong. But that is the movie. I remember. Um, as part of the opening scenes, uh, they show him in his in his kitchen, and his refrigerator has like a little uh computer screen on it and it's like you're out of milk we're gonna order more milk i remember seeing that on the racer like oh shit that's dope Let's, let me see uh google let me look that up real quick when did eraser come out when eraser movie 1996 and i think that's when i I think that's when I started to have a crush on uh, Vanessa Williams, too. Um, but, yeah, 1996, I was like, damn, man, could you imagine that, having a computer on your uh, on your refrigerator and it knows when you need milk and all you do is hit a button? I mean, we have that now. We have that. And I'm just using that as, as, as an example because that, that just clearly sticks out on my head. I re vividly remember seeing that. And I was like, man, that is so dope. And, and, we, and we have that, you know, we have that. But, uh, yeah, uh, he, he loved the robot. We had a great time together, man. It, it was fun. And, and that's something we need to do more often and be consistent with it. Even he said he really liked that and he wanted to do it more. So I got to I have to keep that in mind. I have to remember that we have to start doing that more often. Um, and to kind of keep it on a more positive note, but switching topics. I'm pretty sure you're all aware of the case of Adnan Saeed, the kid who was convicted of killing his ex-girlfriend or girlfriend, Hey Min Lee, back in uh, the late, late 90s. He spent 22 years in jail. This happened in Baltimore. Uh, he was freed about a week ago, and now all charges have been dropped, so he can't be uh, reconvicted of this. Uh, he, he, was, he, he got out. Last week on, I can't say a technicality, but they were like, hey, this evidence really ain't fucking adding up, man. You know, this this is this is kind of weak. And this judge looked at it and was like, you know what? You're right. And they were afraid of like, well, okay, he's out now, like kind of on house arrest, kind of like, but he wasn't, he was out, but he wasn't like free and clear, it didn't seem like. So people were afraid like, well, he's out, but he's not, it, it, there's a possibility he could go back because no one was sure what was going to happen. But uh, I want to say it might have even been today. He was, he was, uh, actually, no, I heard it this weekend. All charges were dropped. He's done. It's, it's not going to, he's not going to have to go back. There's no way he could go back. And um, that is, that's crazy, man. This man spent 22 years in prison. 22 years, man. And it was just at a at a weird time. I I think something else happened in Baltimore, or something else was going on. And was it Baltimore? There was something else going on. 
around that time and him being a brown guy and this woman getting killed like it was like they really wanted this guy they just they just had to have they had to have him there was something else going on. I, I wish I could remember, but I feel like there was some other shit going on, and he just happened to be the next guy. And they were like, "Nope, this last person got away. This last guy got away with doing what he did. We really got to nail this person. We really do, you know." And uh, yeah, he he got he got fucked, man. And uh, shout out to the folks over at Serial, man, because uh, that's where I became aware of the case. Is the uh, Serial podcast. Uh, which aired in a serial podcast. Adna, there you go. Uh, when did this one come out? This came convicted in 1999. I'm trying to see. It doesn't say. I got to see if I can find another one. I can't remember. Oh, maybe. Oh, here it is. 2019. 2019 is when, uh, March 2019 is when the Serial Podcast uh, came out and they spoke about this case. And before then, you know, they were always doing appeals and all that kind of stuff and going back and forth. But the Serial Podcast really, really brought this back to life. And that's a bad point to use. But they really brought it back to the forefront. This podcast did. People started looking into it again. And it took some time. But here we are. What? Three years later, and he's out. I remember listening to this podcast with my wife on the way to Rochester for something and just thinking, like, this is absolutely insane that this guy is uh, going to jail for this. And the thing is, like, there is times where you, you listen to this case and you go, man, did he did he maybe do it? And you go, no, he didn't. And then I came to the conclusion, like, this, this kid didn't do this. But it was just so muddy and so convoluted and, and confusing, like, they were like, we got to get somebody. And at the time, based on the technology that we had, uh, when it came to these cell phone towers and all this kind of shit, him being a brown dude, uh, this little Asian Asian uh, young lady is killed. They, they want, they want, of course, they want justice. They want somebody to pay, which is 100% understandable. They want somebody to pay for the murder of their little girl. And, you know, we, we, we all would want justice to, and, and payback. But we got to realize, man, we're, we could possibly ruin somebody else's life. And, you know, when you're going through this, if it looks like a duck, you go, hey, he did that shit, man. You you want somebody to pay. Your, your daughter was murdered. You know, the, like I said, the, tech, the phone technology was still fairly new. Uh, so they could kind of they could kind of massage it and make it sound uh, like this person was in an area, you know, talking about these, the pinging of the cell phone towers and all this kind of shit. This is before people knew anything about that. And so it sounded good to go. Oh, that's kind of hard to, you know, to, to, uh, to, uh, it's kind of hard to, 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 um, argue against that. You know, these cell phone towers, again, people didn't have the technology. The, in the, I'm sorry. People didn't have the knowledge about, about the technology. And again, you could just massage it and make it sound like these things were very, very accurate to a certain location where we are. Well, we all know now that's not very true. It's not very true. And it's just like if you're on that very, very outer edge of that uh, cell phone tower, you could be anywhere in the radius of the reception of that tower. You could be on the opposite end. You could be on the the very northern tip of that of the range of that uh, of that cell phone tower. But this crime happened on the very southern tip. 
but just based on the technology we have, they go, hey, he's he's in there. He had to be there. He's he's uh, you know, his cell phone tower pinging in the same in the same area we found the body. Well, so did hundreds of thousands of people driving through that area that day, or tens of thousands of people. Maybe they did it. But anyway. It's just wild to think that I, I spent 20 years in the military. And I want to say this dude went to jail in, uh, in 1999. Did he go to jail in 99? But basically, the entire time frame that I was in the military, traveling the world, got married, uh, you know, moved all over the United States. I've did all kind of things. This man was sitting in jail for some shit he didn't do. It's crazy. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if he gets paid and how much he would get paid. I mean, for 22 years, I think at a minimum, at a minimum, a million dollars a year. At a, at a minimum. I would say if, if it ain't at least 22 but we will have to round it up to 25 if, but if it ain't at least 22 million dollars it's it's bullshit it's bullshit 22 years in prison me i'm looking for uh a nine figure settlement yeah you you heard me a nine figure settlement settlement if i went to jail for 22 years for some shit i did not do I want at least a hundred million dollars. I think that's I think that's fair. But a million dollars a year, that that is even for me to even sit down and begin to even talk with you about some shit like that, you're you're gonna pay me at, at least a million dollars a year. But what I'm looking for is uh like I said, nine figures, and I'm not talking uh a hundred million. Uh by itself, just not a hundred million. Uh, look, honestly, man, I am asking for a quarter billion dollars. <laughs> Fuck it. Yep, I'm asking for a quarter billion dollars for being in jail for uh, a, a, a probably maybe. I can't even say a quarter of my life. Almost half my life, a third maybe, a third, yes. Let's see, a third, uh, he's, no, wait, he spent 20, yeah, I would say a third, a fourth. The 80s is pretty, pretty high. Pretty high. So about a, a third. Yeah, but, uh, you know, for me to even sit down and talk to these people, if they're not talking, about at least a million dollars a year. I don't want to hear it. The settlement I'm looking for. Is going to be in a nine figure range. And we're talking at least a hundred million. But I'm not asking for that. I would want a quarter billion dollars. For being uh, convicted. And spending 22 years in prison. For something I did not do. So yeah. It's going to be interesting to see. What they give that man. Uh, that's. That's insane, man. I just, just to think about all the things I've done. I mean, all the 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 nights at the club with my friends, the, the days at work. Uh, I mean, just twenty. That's a lifetime. It literally, it's a lifetime. 
You know, from basic training, from basic training, from the day I left my house with my Wu Tang hoodie that I got on a bus and went to the military, to the day my parents uh, flew here and came to my retirement. That man sat in jail that entire time. Everything in between, that motherfucker was in the clink. <laughs> in the clink. From the day I stepped on a bus to go to the military to the day I walked out of the building as a retiree with my parents 20 plus years later, that man was in the same spot. Insane. Insane, man. Wild. Um, man, uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Um, I'm going to move on to some sports. I, uh, I've been watching a little bit more baseball, a little bit more baseball here lately. And I got to say, I'm really enjoying it. It's, uh, uh, look, I know people complain about the pace of the game. Maybe I, I because I haven't watched it in a while, but I, re I already feel like it's changed a lot. I really, like I said, I haven't really been a, a baseball fan in, in, in years, but I've been watching some wild card and wild card is fun, man. That wild card, three games. I mean, do you lose the first game and your your back is up uh, is up against the wall? It's it's very very exciting, very exciting. Uh, who who did I watch? Oh shit, who did I watch? What did I watch? Why did I cannot remember the team? Oh, I watched the Mets wild card. Who was it? It was the Mets. Mets wild card. Mets wild card. Mets wild card. Who did they play? I'm so bad at this kind of shit. Come on, man. Who did the fucking Mets? Oh, I watched the Mets collapse. Mets collapse. Mets, Mets collapse. There you go. Mets collapse. It's funny. There's just multiple. <laughs> there's just multiple years. Let's see. Uh, who, who the hell did they play? The Mets, Sterling Marte, Vogelback. Come on, man. Why is it not saying who they lost to? All right, I don't know. I'm fucking Mets. Mets lose, lose, wild card. Was it the, was it the Padres? Oh, shit. They lost to the Padres. That's right. I'm fucking tripping. It was the Padres. I was second guessing myself. But because I never, I never even really watched the Padres as a kid. They really weren't on TV. I just knew who Tony Gwynn was, but they never really showed the Padres games in New York. But uh, yeah, I had a, I had a great time, man. It's just seeing the crowd so hyped at a, at a baseball game. It's just, it's a different, it's a different, it's a different beast, man. And people shit on baseball, including myself, but it's, it's truly a different sport, man. And I know people are like they're all different sports, but just the baseball is just in a in a class by itself. I mean, the way they commentate, the way they tell the stories, just the the way they talk, it's just a completely different game. And you can't expect it to be like baseball. I mean, like basketball or football. It's it's a different thing. 
It's a different thing. But I also get it. We want we, we want to keep things fresh. We want to keep it exciting. We want to keep young people uh, wanting to play the game. I, I get that. They're making some changes next year. Like you, you can only throw over to the base a couple of times. No shifts. And look, I'm not going to be a guy to say like, oh, I, I think they should be able to do X, Y, and Z because I haven't been in the community for over 20-something years. But I'm enjoying it. It's going to be interesting to see what these changes look like next year. But I'm starting to watch more baseball. I'm just I'm being – uh, I'm just being, you know what? I'm trying to slow my life down to just enjoy things because I'm constantly moving, constantly driving, constantly looking for the next thing, the next joke, just looking, looking, looking to where I don't just sit down and enjoy. And that's what baseball is. It's a sit down and enjoy. You can, you know, especially like a mid season game, a night game where there's a nice hum in the crowd and, you know, you just want to relax. It's it's. Um, I feel like baseball is one of the most relaxing sports to watch. You know, it's it's a nice summer evening. You're chilling. It's a nice it's a nice night game, uh, especially a a, a nice uh, a, on a big TV man. Baseball at night looks great on TV. It looks amazing. And just the the crack of the bat, the hum of the crowd. It's just. Uh, it was my first love, man. I, 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 I was in love with baseball as a kid, and no one played it where I grew up at. So I kind of switched to basketball, man. But uh, I've always loved baseball, and uh, it's, it's the love is starting to come back. I'm starting to really see why I love the game, man. So uh, I've been, yeah, I've been, I've been watching some some playoff baseball and, and enjoying it. And I, I know people talk shit; they say it's boring, but not for me, man. But I'm, I'm new to it again. I'm I'm new to it again, to the to, like seeing like Tom Tom Glavin and all these dudes. Like the last time I was really into baseball, they were still fairly new pitchers. <laughs> like that's how long I really haven't watched the game. Like these these guys were like in their in their early to mid twenties, you know, late twenties. They were they were coming into their own as these great pitchers, and now here they are. Not even new uh, commentators are new to uh, broadcasting. They're, they're now seasoned color men and commentary people and TV personalities. So uh, that's what kind of helps me too. Is like I, I, I do have some knowledge of baseball. I do recognize names and faces. And that's the thing about baseball. They, they really, really talk about the past a lot. They're always talking about the history of baseball. And they, they do this in the NFL and, and NBA as well. But I recognize a lot of the names, a lot of the clips that they show. I go, oh, fuck, yeah, I remember this. I remember that dude. I remember that. So that, that kind of helps, too. I'm not going in with zero knowledge. The guys that I grew up watching, they're now announcing and commentating. So that's cool. Uh, shout out to the Mets, man. They they gave it the, they, they gave it a shot. They couldn't do it. I watched the Yankee game last night. And, uh, man, I got to say. I'm enjoying it. So I'm also watching uh, All or Nothing, the Arsenal documentary on Amazon. Those are so well done. So well done. I don't think I've ever watched any of those All or Nothing series and uh, didn't want to buy a jersey from that team or was like, I think I'm a, I think I'm a Leeds fan. I think I'm an Arsenal fan. I think I'm a, uh, a Man City fan. I think I liked... They're so well done, and it just gives you such a – it gives you nice insight as into, like, what that league is like. You know, being a, an American sports fan, I kind of know 
what goes on behind the scenes in the NFL and NBA and how that all works and trades and money. But it's interesting to, to see uh, the other sports sports culture and how their leagues are run. And I also just, I like to see, because um, every, every sport, the players are a little different. Just the way we communicate, the way we talk and all that kind of stuff. Uh, what we carry, what we carry ourselves. Cause you can, I remember in high school, like, oh, you can tell that guy plays soccer. He's a basketball player. He's a baseball. It's just those little, little, uh, physics, uh, those little, like, uh, nuance. No, those little, um, what, what's the fucking word? Quirks or like just little weird things that certain athletes of certain sports do. Like the way people make fun of basketball players, how we walk with our basket, with our uh, backpack on, that kind of pigeon toe, knock knee thing. Uh, football players are a certain way, you know, it is just like, I'm not really, I know I said soccer a minute ago, I'm a soccer player. I don't really know what that looks like. So I like to see that to go, oh, okay, this is what the, uh, demeanor of a footballer is, what they look like, how they care themselves, how they walk. Yeah. I, I, uh, I like that, how they, how they fuck around with each other, uh, as, as teammates, how they communicate. I, I like to see that. I like to see, uh, how, Great teams at high levels operate, and it's just cool to see. No matter what sport it is, it's still just a bunch of dudes or a bunch of young ladies there who are kids at heart who love a game, but now it's real. You know what I mean? It's like they're they're professionals, and that that is something that I really, I'm really starting to understand watching a lot of these sports documentaries when they say, "Oh, that guy's a professional athlete." As a professional athlete, we hear professional athlete and we really, a lot of people just think like about the jersey and them playing the game. But no, they're a professional athlete. Professional athlete. And when you watch these documentaries, you go, oh, fuck. This is what they mean by professional. Uh, just listening to them talk about how they prepare. Um as a team and as an individual, I'm talking off season stuff. I mean, they take their professionals, man. Like, I mean, look, I loved basketball. Okay. I, I, I mean, I absolutely loved it. Anybody can tell you that knew me. I absolutely loved it. It was my life for a long time and I was never really good. I wasn't going anywhere with that. Right. And then you look at all these dudes that are actually good, that are going to these camps, and they're getting these, they, you know, they, they have these uh, trainers and, and people that want to work out with them. And once they realize, like, oh, I have an opportunity to, you know, to go to this uh, high school where guys get to go to D1 schools. They start practicing. They start working really, really hard at a young age just to do that shit. You know, then you, you make it to high school, through high school, you're playing well. And next thing you know, hey, man, there's some serious colleges looking at looking at me, man. I really, I got to step it up again. Then these motherfuckers get to college and they go, man, I thought I worked hard before. And they get to college and they see that on another, another level. That's when a lot of these do. Actually, you know what? It's probably not as, um, you know, I can't say that. Because there's a lot of camps and stuff uh, that are known now. 
back in the day when I, in the nineties and stuff, there were camps and all that kind of stuff. But you know, I did, I didn't, I wasn't privy to any of this stuff. They had AAU, they had elite basketball, but it just, you know, I just, I didn't really know much about the world. It wasn't mainstream. But now with all these elite teams and and trainers and it's uh, it's pretty, it's pretty mainstream. So saying all that. <clears throat> You play well, like I said, you play well in high school. You get some serious colleges looking at you. And I would say, uh, what I was going to say is, for some people, especially back in the day, I've heard these stories. They go, hey, man, I like, uh, uh, when I got to college, I didn't know, like, this was what D1 basketball was really like. Like, I thought, like, I'm, I'm going to be one of the best dudes here. And they, they get there and they realize, like, oh, I'm just another guy that's super fast that can uh, get his elbow over the rim, and you realize, like, yeah, everybody, almost everybody on the team can do that, man. Like, that's not special anymore. You start to realize, like, oh, shit, man. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I'm starting to, uh, I'm my skill level is starting to be matched with more and more people, and this is where you used to have to separate yourself and do even more work, and then say you're that good, and you, you, you start getting looked at by the league, and then, then those dudes, they get to the league, and they're like, yo, I thought being a college athlete was tough. I thought that um, working with uh, Coach K at Duke or these certain colleges that have a reputation for for uh, putting out elite talent, I thought that was tough. Man, I didn't even know that you could take it to another level. And they say, and you make it to the league, that's where the work starts. And you've already busted your ass for the last and what anywhere from uh, eighteen, to, I mean nineteen to twenty. Two years, you've been working your ass off. You're running, running, uh, doing drills. You know AAU travel team, all this shit, just to get to the league and go. Oh, the work is just starting. And I'm, 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 I'm really seeing all that in these documentaries, man. Like what it really means to be a professional, to be elite. And I, I really I love watching these stories, these uh, documentaries about people achieving their dreams. Like I just watched the Ben Simmons documentary. I, I know it's been out for quite a while. I think it came out in 2015. But like I didn't know that he had to move here as a high school freshman by himself. You know, to go play in this with this team in in California, and he, he's he's from Australia. He had to he had to be apart from his family for a while. You know, he's probably 14, 15. That that's not easy, man. I was eighteen in the military. That's that's not easy, and they fucking they're all over you. You know, they're watching everything that you do, and it's still scary being away from my family from that. This motherfucker left home at like fourteen, fifteen to go play basketball at a high school in a country that is literally almost a day away by plane. By plane is almost 24 hours of nonstop flight. That's how far that motherfucker away, was away from his home. And, they, and they, yeah, he spoke English, but this is a, a different country. And you're talking in the early 2000s, man. A lot of shit's going on. I mean, even even when he when he was here, American culture was shifting. So I mean, there's there's a lot to go on. There's a lot going on. There's a, a culture divide. I mean, he's biracial. There's a lot of shit going on. You know the sacrifices that his family had to make. I had I had no idea. People just that we see these professional athletes. We go, oh, this guy he thinks he, but 
Man, it's a lot of fucking work getting there, and it's even more work staying there. And um, I'll say all that to say, man, it's just like, I, 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 as much as I like watching this kind of stuff, it's also a problem. I, I, I love watching people's dreams come true. I love watching their lives change. Just the look on their face to go from, like, you know, uh, struggling every day or month to month to, like, you make it to the league, and that 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 problem is now solved. You can now take care of your family forever. But also just seeing people, like, just see their lives change from going from just being a regular person to, all right, now you got to do all these photo shoots, and you, you know you get you you got you're meeting with these companies. They they want to sign you. They they want to uh, they want to give you an endorsement deal. Just to see how people handle going from a regular person to a uh, professional athlete or, or, or a singer or a rapper or whatever it may be, just seeing how they handle that success and, and watching how their family handles it and watching them go, oh, my God, we don't have to worry about money anymore. We can move into these nice houses. I just, I just think it's really, really cool. And just to see how happy they are. And just, just, I just love watching people's dreams come true, man. It's, it's really dope. But I, I noticed that's, for me, that's also a problem. You know, I'm watching other people's dreams come true. And a lot of times, like, the fear of failure, man, it can, it can be crippling. And, and I have to tell myself, like, hey, you know you're talented. You know you can do what you see other people doing. You know you have what it takes to be, uh, you know, a better comic. You know what you need to do. But, the, you know, but the but again, the fear of failure can be crippling. And that is one thing that is uh, very, very prevalent throughout all of these um documentaries i've watched over the last few months you can't have that shit man you 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 can't have the fear of failure hold you back because that's exactly what it will do you have to be fearless and that's something i'm working on and I, and the thing is people say that shit so much to where it just sounds corny You know, but when you go on the journey yourself and you start watching this stuff and, you know, you're not just hearing hearing uh, these fucking just 20 second motive of motivational uh, TikTok clips, you know. It can just sound corny when you actually sit down and watch all the work that goes behind it and you listen to these people who have achieved uh, some of the highest achievements and, you know, they've they've gotten in, in some cases all of the accolades in their field or fields and being afraid and having fear my nigga ain't gonna get you there so that's just something i gotta work on you know you can't be afraid to fail you gotta step out there and take that risk but um yeah holy shit this has gone on way much longer than i would have liked but uh yeah, so next week, uh, I'll be at the Comedy Cellar doing the uh, Cellar Talks. I'm really, really excited about that. Uh, I'll be in the Bahamas in a couple of weeks. Make sure you guys follow me on all things social media at Chris Allen Comedy. Uh, oh, before I get out of here, yeah, um, shit. So it's getting wild. I, I, I saw a video a couple of days ago of a, of a comic, uh, Ariel Elise. Some dude threw a fucking beer bottle at her because she voted for Biden. I saw another video of a, a dude coming on stage punching a guy because he felt like he was a Biden supporter. And then Monday night at my mic, uh, this had nothing to do with politics, but I had a drunk dude come up on stage 
And it was cool at first, but he just got so belligerent. He wanted to fight me, had to get broken up. He was pushing, a lot of pushing back and forth, yelling and stuff. But it was just one of those cases where, like, uh, the guy is drunk and everything is fine. And then you call them drunk and then it's just a switch goes off and all of a sudden it is chaos. So, and he eventually turned on his friends when they tried to get him to calm down. Just a classic classic case of somebody being way too loaded and not being able to hold their liquor and uh got out of control but yeah it's just it's wild out there man so be careful out there and if you're too sensitive for comedy left or right stay your ass at home man and with that being said that's the show that's the show i'm out peace have a good day